I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. An absolute card-carrying Avatar The Last Airbender hater. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? We're going to bring this up again, ain't we? You just brought it up right before we hit record. I just said I, I got like five tweets today saying i should watch the last airbender and which a couple of them i responded to i said oh cool okay i'll give it a shot how should i try because what streaming platform is it on and uh, then it's everyone scouring the dark web for some amazon <laughs> deal all the good things you have to work for isaac you of all people should understand that we had to you had to wait around and find 2011 when it finally came you have to go out and seek avatar by the way it is not The Last Airbender. The Last Airbender is the movie that never existed that is absolutely terrible. Don't watch the movie. Wow. I wow. wonder why it never existed. It never existed. The movie Why never- didn't it ever exist? Okay. I'm pulling back the curtain. It did exist. Because it did exist. M. Night Shyamalan made it, and it's absolute trash, and it's terrible, and it in no way represents the story in the, the TV show that I came to know and love. Oh. Curtain back on. The movie doesn't exist. It never happened. Okay, well, maybe someday they can make a movie about the TV show, and it'll be like really good. They're making a Netflix live action series right now. Really? Yes. Live action, so it's not going to be like an anime cartoon. Nope. Wow. Real Can't people watch it. Real people doing real bending. They just have to find all those people that can do all that stuff first. So. What do you think will make more career earnings, that movie or Dragon Bender? Oh no! Why are we doing this to Dragon right now? <laughs> Dude, I think I, I I thought I saw something today to where he has a deal in place with like Moscow. Yeah, he's uh, like, going to uh, he's going to to Russia. It's unbelievable that he, he the, had to have at least he, some team willing to give him a, like a training. He was the number invite. four pick in the draft, not too long ago, right? Like two I mean, three years ago, 2016. That's that feels right. 2016, Dragon Dragon Bender, the fourth overall pick in the 2016 NBA draft wow. for the Suns. That's wild. That's unbelievable. We just had our – I mean, that's literally three years ago. Like, right at three years ago, he was drafted. And now he's not even in the league. Great job, Phoenix. Imagine if the Mavs just did that with their pick that became Luka. Like, if they'd picked somebody like that. Could Why would more. you say that? This fan base – I mean, I said that because they're – that is not the universe we live in. That is not the multiverse <laughs> that we live in, which is awesome. All right, on the, um, <laughs> on the podcast today, uh, we are going to go through some players that need to take a leap or or should take a leap or can take a leap next year. These are some younger players around the league that can get better. There's just so many other players uh, out there and so many duos that there's these – like side players that kind of need to take leaps and get better for their team to get an advantage. So we, uh, we're going to go through just different, (laughs) going to go through different, um, players, just go back and forth players that we find interesting throughout the league. 
And then we're going to go through our Mavericks guys that we think need to take a leap, or our Mavericks guys that we think should take a leap. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, but before we do that, Isaac. Here comes a weird segment. Not a weird segment. I wanted to give a birthday shout-out to our guy Jonathan on Twitter. Jonathan. Jonathan! Jonathan today is of legal age to drive a car. What should he do today? Jonathan turns, what, 16 today, right? 16. 16 years old. You are, what, probably a sophomore in high school, going into your sophomore year, maybe, or junior year? We were in, like, fifth grade when this guy was born. (laughs) Dude, shout out to you. This is a super exciting year. Um, You might start driving this year, which is crazy. It feels... Probably going to be a junior, right, in high school? I guess he's a junior in high school. That's That's a crazy year. I was 16 when I was a sophomore, but... I don't know, that's weird. Anyway, I just remember when I took my driver's test, I was like, I was so pumped and ready for it. But the moment that you pass your driver's test and you can take that like first trip in your, like in your own car and you're driving, like I drove my truck and took it, yes. like took my buddies to like McDonald's. Yeah. You just go to, and it was the most nowhere. In- <laughs> Yes, it was the most empowering. I felt so cool <laughs> driving from school. Hey guys, y'all want to ride with me? Let's go get a blizzard. And like, I'm yeah. like super hyped. Like, yeah, voting is cool and stuff, but have you ever driven your own car? <laughs> this is a different I never wasted entirely. so much gas <laughs> yeah. than high school. Just driving around like, hey, let's just drive to this town. It's like 30 minutes away. No purpose at all. Just to feel <laughs> super cool. And now I'm like, the thought of that just makes me sick. Uh, no, I don't want to drive anywhere. I wonder if it'd be different now because... I feel like we had to leave the house a lot to go do things that we wanted to do. Now it's just like my television is as big as some movie theater screens, right? <laughs> like, it's, yeah. It's crazy now. And, uh, or, you know, it, it televisions are cheaper now, so you can just get a big television. That's kind of cheap. And it's as big as, you know, our friends, when they used to have our, their, our friends' parents and they had big screen TVs. Remember that was a big deal. I remember my grandpa had a big screen TV that would like stand by itself on the floor. <laughs> it was just yeah. massive. Like, when I was a kid, my wingspan wouldn't go all the way across the TV. And now you can just Yeah, and get it was like three feet wide, too. And now you like, can just get one of them. Deep. And then you can just watch anything at your house. You don't have to go to Blockbuster. You can just... I mean, being a teenager today would be so different. The, your phone, everything changed. Everything. I remember I would, like, race home to get on my, my like, home computer, like yes. the family computer. To get on AIM. And I would get on... Well, I would get on ICQ. Ooh. And hit up my buddies and the girls and chat and all of that stuff. The girls. (laughs) Oh man. So anyway, happy birthday to Jonathan loyal listener. Uh, tweets us a lot. We appreciate the, uh, we appreciate you listening. So, uh, happy birthday to you, man. Have a good day. So glad you remembered that. Also, I have a question for you and this, this could be a whole pod at some point, but I just randomly thought about this today as I was working on this other Porzingis video. Who makes an all-star team first as a Maverick, Luca or Porzingis? Isn't that the hardest question I've ever asked? Well, I think what would what would decide all of it is what will Luca be classified as? A guard. Yeah, it feels like this year he's going to be a guard. And guard is way harder, if I think, because a- there's three front court spots and two back court spots. Yeah, I mean, to start I'll, at least I'll and just- then there's yeah i'll say Porzingis. interesting 
No, actually, I'll say Luca. Just yeah, I'll say Luca. But especially if Luca is a forward going forward, then for sure Luca. But yeah, the guard thing's a little tough, but we'll see. Yeah, because if even if you look at front court, I mean, f- <laughs> the West is absolutely insane because now Kawhi comes over from the East, so that's awesome. Westbrook isn't going anywhere, so he stays in the West. But I mean, if you just go down the rankings from last year, or the yeah the the records from last year, you have the Golden State guys. You lose Durant and you, you swap him out with Kawhi, basically. And you probably lose Clay. So, and you lose Clay Thompson this year too. Yeah, you lose Clay, so Steph will be back. Uh, Jokic will be back there. Uh, the Portland, you know, let's say Lillard, and then Harden and Westbrook. Let's say Westbrook has a decent season again. I mean, he'll probably be back. Uh, I'll be anxious to see what happens with Utah. Will Conley or Mitchell yeah. or, you know, will Gobert make it or will he cry again? Wow, shots. Um, will, uh, oh, nobody on OKC. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, Paul George and Kawhi, LeBron and AD. I mean, I feel like those four are like locks. The Spurs guys. And then, I mean, gosh, Towns. <laughs> I know. Anybody in the Pelicans, you know, just, I mean, I don't think Zion has that crazy of a Drew first Holiday. year, but Drew Holiday, yeah. And then, you know, then you have Dallas and Sacramento and those guys too. So I don't know, man. The West is just going to be absolutely insane. It's crazy. It will definitely, that, that should be an off season, off season pod. We just go through and see who can become an all-star first and which one, which one is more doable this year. Um, and there's probably going to be trades during the season. Like, what if Bradley Beal gets traded to the Nuggets? <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Cool. Yeah, and meanwhile, in the East, we'll have, like, John Collins as your, like, ninth man. <laughs> Big shots thrown at John Collins. Also, uh, before we move on and go to the the uh, players that need to take a leap, Zach Lowe on his podcast had a good conversation with Kevin Arnovitz about the Dallas Mavericks. A lot of stuff we've talked about already. But it's just good to hear it from a different source of professional guys that have been in the league for a while that are sourced, you know, that, that talk to people. And uh, they liked what the Mavericks did. They, they feel really good about the Mavericks. They uh, Zach Lowe mentioned that the Mavericks may have dodged a bullet with Ke- with Kemba Walker not going. Uh, and it's sort of the same sentiments that we've talked about in, in, as, in this effect, that Kemba Walker is going to take up a lot of your cap and he doesn't need the ball in his hands, but he kind of, has to have it to be effective. And to put guys around Luca and Porzingis that can support them instead of just trying to do something different is uh, is going to be good, as well as these smaller contracts that are movable. Are, uh, he thought that was really good. So go listen to that. It's about at the 40-minute mark in uh, his talk with Kevin Arnovitz. thought that was really good, so I recommend that. Uh, and also, I wanted to just say this. The Numbers on the Board podcast is sponsored by Himalaya. They cannot get more followers than us on Himalaya. That is that would be unacceptable. Numbers on the board. Numbers on the board. Numbers on the board. It's going to be real. Bobby and Skin? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah, the, they have like yeah, they're they have a relationship. But I, with I Himalaya, listened it so. I listened it today and I I listened to it today and I was like they cannot get more followers than us. So we have to keep it up. So if you listen and you are not following us on Himalaya, keep following us. Uh, we have like over 10,000 downloads on Himalaya, which is wild. <laughs> I did not expect that. We have way more uh, than the Lockdown NBA, which is awesome. So, uh, yeah, follow us on the Himalaya app. They cannot pass us, guys. This is about pride at this point. 
They're not. I don't even know if they're sponsoring this podcast anymore. It's just about pride. Okay. All that being said, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about players that need to take a leap. All right, Isaac. So, oh, dang. Before we do this, <laughs> one more one more housekeeping thing. In my last video on Dawkins, I had a slip of the tongue, and I said that the Jason Kidd trade to the Mavericks happened in 2014. I was just repeating back in my mind that the Rajon Rondo trade happened in 2014, and I said it again, so... I wanted to just make that known on the podcast that that is incorrect, and I know it's incorrect. I didn't even write it down. I usually have a script and I read off of it, but uh, yeah, we're getting to the, we're getting close to vacation, guys. <laughs> so I just every once in a while we have these we have slip ups like this on the pod, and I'm like, listen, first off, we do so many like podcasts. I mean, we're bound to mess up on small details like that. But I felt better about myself when I was watching The Jump the other day, and Dave Mc, Dave McMinimum was on, if I said that right, um, and he was with like him and Ramona and obviously Rachel Nichols and them, and and he went on a whole segment for like two minutes on how OKC can't trade Chris Paul right now because of like him being recently traded and all this stuff, and Ramona's just sitting there looking at him like. No, he can, but she didn't want to like tell him. So then they go to commercial break and then they come back and he's like, all right, I want to clarify something real quick. Yeah, I, he can be traded right now. It was, and I'm like, we just watched him do this whole like two minute segment on how <laughs> they have to hold on to him until December. And I'm like, all right, see if Dave McMahon on ESPN can like mess up something, then we're perfectly fine. Makes me feel better about the trade exception thing. Uh, but the thing about Chris Balls, yes. he, he can't be traded with another player. That's the thing. And that's probably why yeah. he got messed up. It has to be, what, 30 days until they can trade him with another player or something like that. There's like a certain amount of time before you can flip him. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, so, okay, let's go with these are players that we think, you know, need to take a leap for their team to succeed next year. Uh, these are younger players. You know, I mentioned at the top of the show, there's so many duos in the NBA. The Mavericks have one, obviously. And there's these younger players that just need to step up and take a leap in order for their team to get an advantage. It's just the only way now because there's not a third, there's not really third stars in the NBA. I guess the Sixers have a third star, but they have their own problems. You know, I guess the, uh, I guess you can say the Clippers have a third star when Lou Williams like that. I mean, he had an almost an all-star season last year. Uh, yeah, that's kind of it, right? (laughs) There's just not many third stars in the NBA or third, really, really good players. The Warriors obviously, but, that's a little different situation this year. Oh, I guess Warriors with D'Angelo Russell, but uh, that's still kind of a weird situation. So uh, my first two players, and this is a video I did for Free Dawkins. You can go watch it on the channel. Uh, I'm just going to do the players that I did on there. Justice Winslow and Bam. I'm putting them together. I think the, the Heat are just a really interesting team to me. They have Dragic, who they already thought they traded to the Mavericks, right? Like they already tried to trade him. So I don't know if he's in their plans. I guess he sticks around. And the Heat are just... They could be a really good team in the East because so many so many teams uh, took a step back. And uh, Justice Winslow and Bam Adebayo are the key to that to me. They're younger players. They can uh, Bam is stepping into this starter role now full-time with Hassan Whiteside gone. Justice Winslow was like their point guard last year, which is really weird with Dragic out. Now he's going to be put into this 3 and D role with the starters and then probably the point guard slash playmaker with the bench unit because they don't really have a backup point guard. I mean, they have Deion Waiters, which... <laughs> Okay. I don't know what they're going to do with that. They almost didn't have a point guard at all if they sent Dragic out. I mean, like, who are they going to play at point guard if they sent Dragic out? Would it be Justice again? 
So it's just a very, really interesting team. I feel like they have they have like this big array of outcomes. Like I could see them missing the playoffs next year, right? Couldn't you? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it's not. I mean, just getting Jimmy Butler is it. It's not a lock. Um, I think it obviously makes their team better, but yeah, I mean, if we're, so Nick and I put, put our list together of these, which players need to take the big leap, um, outside of each other's list. So he made his list. I made my list and you know, he's going to throw out a player. I'll throw out a player and see if any of them uh, are on both of our list and actually put bam on my list. And some of the guys on my list, I have guys that need to take the big leap, but some of them I don't believe will. Bam is one of them that fits both of them. I think Bam will take a big leap, and I think he needs to take the big leap for Miami. Miami just trading um, Hassan Whiteside out. Not that, you know, Bam's not going to get minutes because of Whiteside, but them trading Whiteside out clearly opens up that starter spot for Bam. And that is all Bam. And I, I love what he brings to that team. And I'm a big believer in his talent. And I think it's going to be a massive year for them. And if he takes that next big step, like like Clint Capella did for Houston, you know, over the past couple of seasons, and he gives them that, but even more, that that will be huge for them. And if he takes the leap, then they're in the playoffs. Yeah. And the, the thing about Hassan Whiteside, though, is so interesting he only played he played less than 24 minutes a game last year. Him and Bam played similar minutes and Hassan Whiteside Whiteside still had 12 rebounds a game, which is wild. I mean, 12 rebounds a game at 23 minutes per game. Um but it's not like he played a whole time. It's just now he gets to step into that role and I bet Bam will play obviously a lot more. Um It's not like he's going to go from, you know, like 15 minutes to 30 minutes. He's going to go from 23 to probably 28 or 30. Yeah. Right? Maybe even more. But they did get Myers Leonard. They have Kelly Olenek still. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there. But that's that's definitely a player that needs to take a leap that uh, that can if their team wants to even make the playoffs, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, he, he literally is the only guy on that team that brings what he brings. So, like, Olenek and Myers yeah. Leonard, they're both, you know, similar type of players. But – uh, except the outside shot of Bam, but Bam's going to get all of the opportunity to do that. He's still on his rookie contract, so for him to take that leap now would be huge for their team, and and I, I really do believe that he will this year. Yeah, give me another one of your players. <sighs> all right. Um, if we just want to stay in the East, and we'll stay with potential playoff teams, if that's what we – because I have a group that is like playoff teams, and then I have a group that's not like – not playoff teams, but the player and the team probably needs and wants them to uh, take the next leap. I'm going to go with Aaron Gordon. I need I need Aaron Gordon to take the next leap into um, potential All Star leap. Mm. And Vooch is because when 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 I look at guys who needs to take who need to take the next leap, I look at these younger ish guys that have a next level to get into their game compared to some of the guys who I think that are already who they are. Yeah. And so like Vooch is really good. He and took he was his an all-star last, last year. Yes. But like what Vooch is now is like what Vooch is like. I don't think there's another, another level that Vooch can get to. Aaron Gordon has all the tools, the body, the athleticism, um, 
how the game is played now, as far as like for him, this like small ball four five type of role, he should never play the three ever again. Aaron Gordon is like made for this type of NBA that we're in right now. And if he can take that next step, like they were a playoff team last year, but if he could take the next step as that, that full-time four, that is a near all-star level, like Aaron Gordon needs to be the best player on Orlando magic team, not Vooch. Yeah. So that's what will take Orlando up the next level. And so for Orlando to take the next step and for him and his career, he's just now starting that, um, that new contract, right? The descending nice contract that we've talked about a thousand mm. times of yeah, so. people want us to trade and all that <laughs> stuff trade for. Still, we but can yeah, trade I mean, for it. This coming season, he's going to make 19.8 million and then yeah. 18.1 and then 16.4 after that, which is crazy uh, that he's going to be making si- Aaron Gordon's going to be making 16.4 million in three years. That's going to be a steal of a contract. Especially if he starts to, you know, improve like he is, and he's just twenty three years old right now. So he is like kind of the key, in my opinion, to Orlando taking that next step. But. The thing about them is, and I put Aaron Gordon in a recent video. I talked about him. Uh, him and Jonathan Isaac played all of the four minutes, like every single minute that the that the Orlando Magic were playing. One of those two were playing at the four. Uh, which is good, but with Jonathan Isaac there, and if, if he wants to take a step forward too, I mean, he could take a leap next year too. Uh, if he yeah. is going to take a step forward too, he has to be playing the four or the five, and Gordon has to be playing the four. So that kind of log jam is still kind of weird, and I don't know if Gordon will be able to get there if he's still stuck in that three. Because they remember at the beginning of his career, they were like, he can be Paul George. We're like, no. <laughs> no, he's not going to be Paul George. Um, yeah, and Orlando just needs some guards that – you yeah. need guards to be able to set those guys up because those are not guys that can set themselves up. Obviously, they made the playoffs last year and they they won that one game against Toronto. That's I mean, hang a banner for that one for for Orlando. Uh, but I think that that's kind of key for them next year is that guard spot. And if Fultz can become something, then hey, that, I mean that's a dangerous team. Oh gosh, Fultz! I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if we can bank on anything with that guy. Uh, I don't. I bet he can bank something. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your next guy? <laughs> My next guy, uh, I had two more. Uh, is it Deontay or DeJounte? I totally forgot. That was DeJounte. Okay, DeJounte Murray and Derek White. Hmm. This could be a fascinating backcourt. Derek White's like 25. Deont- DeJounte Murray is only like 22, 21. Still really young. He was second team all defense. Not this past year, obviously. He was out injured, but the year before. Second team all defense. And he like barely yeah. played. He played less than 25 minutes a game. And so him with Derek White having that huge 36-point game against the Nuggets in the playoffs, come, had that kind of coming-out party for the Spurs. The Spurs are just so vanilla, right? Like, they have DeRozan, who just, you know, is mid-range jumper, uh, doesn't really dunk as much as he used to, and then Aldridge, who's just, like, back to the basket, post-up, and then just, you know, long twos and all that. I mean, they're the mid-range team right now. If those two in the backcourt... If that can be your starting backcourt, if they're good enough to be your starting backcourt and push DeRozan to the three or something like that, that can be a, a, a really interesting team. Um, I don't know if that would help them, you know, like get to the Western Conference Finals or anything like that, but I think that that could help them for the future because right now it just sort of seems like they're treading water. Who's their next guy? Kawhi is gone, obviously. Uh, do they have a next guy coming up that's going to be the next face? Uh, and it could be these two guys combined. 
Yeah, I'm I'm way higher on DeJounte Murray than I am Derek White. I like Derek White. I view Derek White as more of a high value role player on on a team. Yeah, like I think DeJounte Mur- Yeah, I think DeJounte Murray could be a a, a like a cornerstone type of piece. I'm a huge believer in him. Probably too much at this point, but he it, he like he's the key to their whole future. And not just their future, but I mean, yeah, imagine the Spurs team last year with DeRozan and Aldridge you know, both averaging over 21 points a game. If they, if DeJounte Murray played an entire season at the level, I mean, <clears throat> I think he was one of our picks for most improved player last year. And yeah, I think he was like, I thought he was going to, he was going to be our guard version of Siakam mm. and like last year. And we obviously didn't get that because of the ACL. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him. And if he takes the next leap, then I think you have to make the Spurs a lock in the West mm. if they're not already. Yeah, I kind of think they are, but uh, I don't want to count the Spurs. All right, give me give me another one of your players. Okay, this one's kind of a deep a deeper dive, Ooh. but I'm going for it because this guy never gets talked about, and now that uh, he's on, now this team's really good. Jerome Robinson. Whoa, that is a deeper dive. Okay, here's the deal. Jerome Robinson was was a lottery pick last year yeah. by the Clippers. If people don't remember, the Clippers had back-to-back picks last in last year's draft. They made that trade with with Charlotte in that trade and moved up like a, a spot or two to get Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander. Wouldn't Charlotte love to have Gilgis Alexander right now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> And but with the thirteenth overall pick, still a lottery pick in last year's draft, they took Jerome Robinson. All right, Jerome Robinson uh, is literally twenty-two years old, and he spent time in the in, in the G League. He was injured some. He only appeared in thirty-three games. But now, all of a sudden, this lottery pick, just a year into the league, is going to be part of this rotation in in Los Angeles that now have built their own, you know, star title. They're the title favorites right now. Yeah. When you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and, and you know, you have Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly in your backcourt, but all of a sudden and you have Shamit, but Jerome Robinson's just in just a lottery pick. So if Jerome Robinson takes the leap in his career, it, let's just say he moves himself up to a level like Gilgis Alexander. Like, what if he moves himself up to what SGA is viewed at right now, who was just drafting the same draft as him last year? Not only does he help this team, but then he becomes a very intriguing trade chip that that the Clippers could use the package to get a third person to go with Paul George uh, and Kawhi at that point. So, Dang, who, it's just crazy. Who would you even want to get with those two guys? I mean... I don't know because see, <laughs> I looked at it and I almost because you had sent me a well, we had talked about it and like I think you would go the Zubach route and like what would mean more to their to their team if Zubach is he's, really really good he's, or like what what what's the leap that Zubach can make and how much of a difference would that make for the them? the leap for him the, the, the case that I made was that Zubach has to become a consistent contributing starter. Right, like right now, he's just kind of a guy they throw out there. He plays for like ten minutes. Montrezl Harrell comes in and just wrecks shop. And yeah. I'm not sure if Montrezl Harrell's gonna be able to guard like Anthony Davis, <laughs> right? Like that's gonna be a tall order for him. Um, and I think so, it'd be harder for Zubaj though. 
Yeah, but at least Zubac has the size. Against Anthony Davis, you, you have to have size because he's just so good around the, the the he's just so good around you know eight feet from the basket. That that's really where you really need him. Uh, like out on the so perimeter. So do you need him? Do you need him to be like Valanciunas, or do you need him to be like Nurkic? I should. Or I need him to be that. big, set huge screens. I need him to rebound, and I need him to defend the rim. <laughs> those like are the, a Andrew those... Andrew Bogut. Yes, that's yes, that's what I need him to be. And I don't know if he okay. can ex- exactly. He's not going to be that level. Andrew Bogut's like a genius defender, but I just need him to get to a level where he can stay on the court because he couldn't stay on the court at all during the playoffs, and uh, that that's their starting center at this point. And I don't believe Montrez Harrell can guard some of these guys. And if you can just keep Anthony Davis away from the the rim, then you're asking him to take threes, which he's like thirty one percent on, or you're asking him to take yeah. mid ranges, which he was like thirty three percent on. Uh, that's where you're you're helping yourself out a little bit more. That's that's my case with Zubac. I'm not saying he's gonna become like a star player or anything like that. Just a consistent contributing starting yeah. player. It and I went back to the Jerome Robinson draft last year. Who who would be a player drafted after Jerome Robinson that they could have taken instead of Jerome Robinson that you would be like, man, that would make this team even better. There's not a ton of names drafted after him in that draft, but what if they took uh <laughs> The Clippers could be setting on right now Michael Porter Jr. How would Michael Porter Jr. come back and play with Paul George and Kawhi? They could have had Lonnie Walker. They could have had Kevin Herter with Kawhi and Paul George. That Some more shooting. Josh Okoji. Zaire um, Zaire Smith would be interesting. Zaire Smith. Landry Shamit was drafted 26th overall. How much better is he viewed right now than Jerome Robinson at 13, yeah. who was picked 13 spots ahead of him? So, uh, obviously, Jalen Brunson's down there. And, Mitchell, man, Mitchell Robinson, <laughs> I don't know that, that's a reach at that the, point. That's but. the one, though. That's the one that but, I mean, really – But, we, I mean, we talked about him in, the, in that range, I, I feel like. I, I felt like he was going to go in the 20s when, he, when the draft was going on. Yeah, I didn't think he'd fall that far. I think if he went 13th, it would have been – uh, kind of a stretch at that point, but we did a we did a lot of work on that draft. I like I know all these guys. <laughs> we did do a lot of work on that draft. <laughs> I'm excited for the draft again next year, though. The Mavericks will actually have a pick. They'll probably trade it away you know, as soon as probably. the draft. As soon as the draft comes, I'll trade it away. But uh, all right, let's take another break, and when we come back, let's uh, mm, let's get to the rest of these guys. There's I was a, gonna say I have a few more names. There's a lot more guys that need to take a leap. All right, Isaac. Um, our guy Jonathan just just messaged me in the third different way about his birthday. Shout out to you, man. Jonathan, it's coming. <laughs> we did it already. <laughs> um, okay, what's your next player that needs to take a leap? Uh, do you want a playoff player or do you want a non-playoff player? All the rest of mine are playoffs, so give me a non-one. <sighs> okay. I need one of the Lakers guys to take a leap for the Pelicans. Lonzo or Ingram? I almost thought you were going to say the Lakers were a non-playoff team. Like I need the Lakers. Oh, no. <laughs> so Lonzo or Ingram, I want one of them yeah. to take the next step as far as, hey, we're going to be a stud. Like We're going to be a for sure all-star within the next three to four years. Because Lonzo, now we're – because somebody else I have on this list – that would because my criteria is what a spot in their career that they really need a leap, not just for them and their career, but also for the team they're on too. Same draft and someone we're familiar with, Dennis Smith Jr. 
He needs yeah. to take a big leap this year. Yeah. And not just for the Knicks, how big that could be for the Knicks, but for his career. Yes. And that same draft, Lonzo is the guy too. Lonzo, fresh scenery. You get into the system with Gentry. You have all the pieces around you right now. And you have even a guy in Drew Holiday. You're not around the Lakers stuff. Like, it's setting up great for Lonzo to take this big next step. And the big baller brand shirts are selling for like $5 now on the side of any basketball event ever. I just, oh man, that's so sad. People who man. bought people who bought that stuff. I just, that was a, that was a budding sad. business though. With like a lot of demand. And I mean, that family's <laughs> making money. Good for them. And now it's worthless. Um, but anyway, yes. You imagine I think if you bought for, those shoes. No, I can't. I would be sick to my stomach if I was somebody. Can you imagine? Okay, do you remember when it first came out? You buy the you buy the shoes with the case, the light up case that came with it. No. If you listen to this podcast and you bought a no pair way. of Big I, shoes, there no way in the world anyone listening to this podcast right now has bought Big Baller Brand shoes. Absolutely no way. The ZO twos. There's no way. Please tweet us if you have. I need I need a tweet with you wearing them, not just a tweet of the shoes. Yes, because you can Google or something, or like you next a selfie with you next to it with like today's newspaper, <laughs> <laughs> or today's podcast in one hand. Yes, that would be that would be the ultimate. Proof. That's it. Today's podcast with somebody else's phone or a laptop or something. The shoes and you. I, that's what I need. If you bought those shoes, which I can't imagine. Um, but yeah, Lonzo and Ingram. Ingram, if if yeah. Ingram could. Tech, you know, if he comes back fully healthy and he can take that next step to being, you know, that far and away the you know best young piece alongside Zion in that they need one of those guys, both of them ideally, yeah. but one of those guys to separate themselves. So and with Lonzo, it just comes down to the jumper. I mean, I think everything else with Lonzo is is, is solid. It's what they want. He. He's like your your three and D uh, like guard, right? Like he plays really really good defense. Yeah. You hope that he can knock down a three, which he did in college really well, and he obviously makes really good passes and makes the right plays. And uh, so he's that kind of he's an upgraded three and D with the passing, but you just need that shot to come up. And then Ingram, did you see Ingram's photos today for like his team picture? Oh no, I haven't. No. Oh man, Javale McGee commented on it, and he's like, "You're either high or mad." <laughs> <laughs> he did not look happy to be taking pictures today. Uh, but Brandon Ingram, where are they going to play him? Is he going to start at three? Are they going to do the three with like Drew and JJ Redick and Lonzo and bring Ingram off the bench? Like, What are they going to do with him uh, is my question. And then, uh, I mean, he had, he had a really good stretch last year for the Lakers. I was really excited for him. He had like a 30-point-per-game stretch during the, uh, the Lakers season last year. Uh, he just had some, had some really good things. The thing about him... It's not ever been about the jump shot. It's been about attacking the basket. He has those crazy long arms where he just kind of rolls the ball out uh, and kind of presents it to the rim. He's like, here, here's the basketball. Accept it. And, uh, yeah, he's that's kind of what Zion does, except for Zion takes the ball and is like, here, rim, take this. And he just slams it in there. Uh, but they do kind of similar things in that way, just in completely opposite body spectrum. <laughs> yes. It's completely opposite. I'm curious if they're starting a lineup too. Cause yeah. I think yeah, I think Favors will start over Jackson Hayes. Yeah. So I think it'll be I think it'll be Favors and, and Zion. And but one of one of Reddick or Lonza is gonna have to come off the bench. And I wonder if they got Reddick to sign if it is, hey, you're gonna sign and be a starter, or if he doesn't care. But if I had to guess, 
right off the bat, I would say the rest of the lineup would be Ingram, Reddick, and Holiday. And they'd start Ingram at the three. But and then bring Lonzo Hart and Jackson Hayes off the bench. But hmm. that's I I don't know. Still a fun team. If you're a fan of that team, that Yeah, it's fun. gonna be a fun team to watch. League pass team for sure. And then Josh Hart. I mean, don't don't forget about Josh Hart and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bringing him in. Uh yeah, I hope they start Ingram and in Zion, but that the spacing on that team is gonna be fascinating to try and figure out. Okay, another, Do you have another player? Yeah, I have a bunch of other players. Um oh, sweet. One of my, my my biggest one was Kyle Kuzma. I just think that okay. on this Lakers team, he has to be the guy to take the, the the step up. And his leap has to be his jumper. He was like thirty three percent he was like thirty three percent on catch and shoot threes last year. Mm. Not good enough. <laughs> I mean, with with this team, completely not good enough. He's another guy that he's good when he catches the ball out on the perimeter, he pump fakes, he gets somebody to, to bite on it, and he drives right to the rim and he's long enough that he can get to the rim quick. And he can jam it down or he can finish around the rim pretty craftily. But he has to be able to hit open outside jumpers. He's, his three three ball wasn't as good last year as they needed it to be. And this season, they absolutely need it. They, they have to have him be good this year. The players in are a perfect world. <laughs> in a perfect world, like they they desperately need him to be like your 6'9 light version of Clay Thompson. Of yeah, like just be a knockdown shooter, but like we'll we'll do the creating, we'll hit it, hit you, you hit the open shots, play defense. But can we just get him to be Antoine Jameson? Can you just can you be <laughs> Antoine Jameson and be able to take over a game here and there? That's what they need him to be. I'm just, uh, yeah, I you th- you think? I mean, well, anyway, you would think that they would have chose to kept Lonzo over Kuzma, right? Just for a fit. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Weird... I, I don't pretend to know what went on with all that. But if you had no. to just pick one of them, then yeah, I guess you would try to pick Lonzo. But no, it is huge for them. You know, if Kuzman can take a next step, not kind of going back to Jerome Robinson, not just for them, you know, being better as a team, but if he took a huge step forward and man, immediately they, they have a decent trade piece. I mean, he, he has trade value for sure right now, but if he took a huge step forward, then that would, you know, increase the trade value. Then they could really be in player for another, you know, big guy. And his contract is nothing. I mean, he was a late first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. How many more? Do you have anybody else? Um, Oh, wait, before you do that, I want to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. You just, you randomly brought him up. Dennis, man, we still like Dennis. I I know he got a lot of crap as he was being traded out, and we're so excited about Porzingis. And, you know, eventually if you look at the trade, the Mavericks got Porzingis for Dennis, two future firsts that are probably going to be in the 20s, and then uh, cap space. Like the Mavericks took on two contracts in their cap space. And Dennis kind of got trashed on the way out. And we still really like Dennis. And I I, I think there's a chance that he just drowns in New York this year. You know, there's oh, yeah. so many things about that franchise. I just did a video about Porzingis, the one that I apologized for. <laughs> and uh, Woj on his podcast talked about how, you know, the city just kind of, like, got the best of Porzingis. And I hope that doesn't happen for Dennis. And more than that, I hope he doesn't just get lost in the shuffle when they got Elford Payton and they got Alonzo Trier and they have, uh, you know, Nilakina still. Who knows what they're going to do with him? And then they have R.J. Barrett. And they just have all these guards and all these guys and I just hope that he finds his way to the top of that. He should be their starting point guard. And if he's not, can, then... Can we not just get him to Charlotte? 
Just please, somebody that, send him to Charlotte. That's the move that should have been made instead of Terry Rozier. Yes, they. Either way, like let him back up Terry Rozier. Like I am scared. Yeah, I'm scared for him that he's just gonna. It's just gonna be L for Peyton. He might be freaking... better than Terry Rozier. <laughs> hey, I, honestly, I. That's your next video right there. Is Desmond? Yeah, that a lot of people are gonna watch that. That's a hot take. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to give you a, a group of players, and we don't have to spend a lot of time like talking about them because they're all good. But these four players that are really good, that they're fairly young, that their franchises need them to continue to take another huge step. I wonder if we have the same ones, because I, I have four of those guys just like that, too. And, two, well, I have two of them, three of them, actually I have five guys, three of them that are playoff guys and two of them non-playoff guys. Ben Simmons, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, and De'Aaron Fox. Mm. Those five guys right there that are really good players, obviously. I mean, really, really dang good. But if they took their game up another another notch, that would propel. Like, De'Aaron Fox moving into a top gosh, a top 20 player in the NBA, massive. You know, that would put, you know, probably put Sacramento into the playoffs. You know, if if Donovan Mitchell can become more efficient and be, if he can be clearly their best player 100% over Mike Conley and Gobert and Ingles and all those guys, and not just a, hey, slightly better, you know, slightly best player, if he can be the clear number one guy on that team, Huge for them. Like, that could be literally a conference final, potential finals appearance type team. Uh, Same thing. Well, I don't want to go down the whole Ben Simmons show. We know everything about if Ben Simmons could take the next step with his jump shot, then the rest is key. switch hands, bud. Switch hands. Um, Devin Booker... He he was hard. Devin Booker was super hard for me to put on this list because it's kind of like guys when I was looking at playoff teams and I was looking at somebody like Clint Capella. I don't think Clint Capella can take a next a huge next step leap because I think Clint Capella is already what he is. Like I I don't I feel like right this version Clint Capella is what Clint Capella is. I'm scared that this is what Devin Booker is, and it's still really good. But like. Is there a next step for Devin Booker and like what is that? Or is Devin Booker just need better help around him? That so I, I put him on this list, but there's still ways for I guess for him to get better with assists and different stuff, but he's just had sucky teammates for so long that I want to see Booker with better teammates before I can like properly try to judge his career. Yeah, the Booker one is hard because what else is he supposed to do? I mean, he kind of he is what what he is. Is are are you wanting to make him be a point guard? <laughs> you want him to run more pick and roll? Yeah. You know, is that what you want him to be? Because he can become more of that. But to be the spot up, the shooter scorer type guy. I mean, he's averaging like twenty five points a game. <laughs> what else you want? Yeah. And he's pretty efficient doing it too, which is wild. Um, ben- and I mentioned Jamal Murray in that list, but like Jamal, we kind of talked about Jamal Murray yesterday. If Jamal Murray could get to that CJ McCollum level, and you know, if there was a day in which he turned into Damian Lillard type level, then watch out for Denver long term of having Jokic and Jamal Murray. If he can go up to that next level, that that would, I mean, yeah, huge maybe for their franchise. maybe the Lillard like with Lillard and Aldridge and that Lillard, but. This Lillard is yeah, yeah. this Lillard is on another one. Uh, Mike, so yeah. I put Clint Capella in my video actually. 
And maybe my leaps are a little more incremental than yours are, but Clint Capella got played out of that Warrior series. He needs to be able to guard uh, Davis, and he needs to be able to guard some of these other bigs in the West. It's just And Porzingis, I guess, is part of that now. Jokic is part of that now. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of bigs in there that he needs to be able to guard, and he just he couldn't do it last year against the Warriors. Yeah. And, uh, and now it gets even harder for him. <laughs> he introduced two all-star caliber players in Davis and Porzingis into the West now. Uh, and every single night he's going to have to step up and be able to defend. And also if the Rockets still want to switch, I guess, I'm, I'm guessing they're still going to do that same scheme with Westbrook. It probably shouldn't change at all. Actually might even get better with Westbrook. Um, yeah. He'll have to be able to switch on guards more. And that's just, he has to get better at that. Um, Kevon Looney looks better than him <laughs> at, at guarding yeah, guards. Guarding. And he's, he hasn't been doing it as long. Um, and Clint Capel's been asked. I feel like he wasn't long. bad like two years ago. I feel like he was like switching off on like Steph and them and the, you know, when they play the Warriors and he wasn't like horribly bad. But yeah, last year he looked kind of rough out there. Yeah, that's that's the area that he really needs to step up in. Also, he was their second leading scorer last year. He was the Rockets' second oh leading gosh. scorer, which is wild. Uh, so he'll have to take it, you know, step up defensively and maybe a step back on offense this year. Or maybe, you know, he scores even more because him. Harden and Westbrook love to work with bigs like that that can finish around the rim. So. I had two bigs, but I just didn't. I had Miles Turner and Zach Collins too, but mm. I feel like we keep on waiting for Miles Turner. Uh, if he turned into, you know, if if he could be, if he could get on Carl Anthony Towns' level, which I know is a high level. Wait, who but can? If he can Miles re- Turner? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, no. if Turner could get to that level, how I mean, how scary would that be in the East with him and Oladipo? But I don't, you know, that's a high level to you know get to. But Zach Collins, I think, is is huge for Portland because he's kind of like your counter to Nurkic. You know, Nurkic is your big body, but yeah. Zach Collins being a consistent, not like good big man that can hit from three, like that he can't, like he has potential to be, like to be that. If he could take that next step and be that for them, that would be huge. But it'd be massive. You want to talk Dallas? Oh yeah, we have to talk about the Mavericks. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Miles Turner thing. I mean, Towns is just far and ahead, way better offensively. Miles Turner should have been on the All Defensive Team uh, this past year, so he's he's got that. It just it has to be the shot, the three point shot. If that starts going down yeah. for him, that changes their offense in a way that you know. That not that adding somebody else isn't gonna do, right? Like they that yeah. they need that kind of a leap from him. So okay, the Mavericks. Um, who are the guys in the Mavericks that need to take a leap? I I feel like Luca and Borzingis, like Zach Lowe sort of talked about. If Luca can come in and be in shape, take a leap and become like a top twenty player, which we kind of already think he is. Uh, if he can be a top twenty player in the league, then then yeah, sure. But I kind of want to focus on other guys that aren't those two main guys. Yeah, I love go and listen to their conversation, Arnovitz and and Lowe on talking about Luca because they were just talking about the Mavericks moving forward and them talking about the the step that Luca can take. That we're all as Mavs fans, we kind of like he's really he was really good last year, and we're like, oh, he's just gonna keep improving. But I think the level that he improves is something we're overlooking of how much better he can be. And them talking about, you know, Arnovitz even joked a little bit. I'm like, oh, I could just feel Mavs fans listening to this in. Because <laughs> he was joking. He's like, you know, what if Luka comes out this year and is, com- you know, completely transcendent, top 15 player. He's like, and come February, we're talking about him being like fifth on the MVP ballot. And like, 
it's it's that type change my shorts <laughs> but like it's that type of stuff to where it's not completely unheard of you know that's from a national guy that's not biased like yeah. us. there's difference if we're saying that but you know he's saying that you know what if luca does take that you know that leap this offseason and going into the season that would be huge so like yeah it begins and ends with luca i don't i think it's a little unfair to to say right now poor zingas to take any type of leap we just want Porzingis to be where he was yeah. at before. Leap so. into healthiness. That's what, that's what we need. To leap back to where you were. Yeah. So I like want him that, to be able where... to leap at all. <laughs> that's a, you know, I think, so I think he'll be at a super high level, but we need to see if that level was where it was at before. I have one, I have one Mavericks name to land on because going back to my, uh, going back to my thing of, are the players who they are basically? Yeah, I think Dwight Powell is kind of who he is. Yes. We can go through all that, but except I think except Seth- Dwight Powell takes his leap every single year in March and April. <laughs> yes, yes, and starts hitting threes, uh, and then everybody will tweet at me and say Dwight can hit threes. Now. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's talk about. Before I'm so February. excited for our listeners now to uh, to be ready for the the April and March Dwight because it's I'm ready. You got super excited about something. I was um, I was trying to think of a way we could hashtag it or, or come up with some kind of like March to Dwight or something like that. Kind of, I, I feel the same way about like Tim Hardaway Jr. I feel like this is kind of like who he is. I hope not. I feel the same. I, I hope not. But like he's he doesn't fit like our criteria, like a younger yeah. type of guy. I think what Seth Curry is is what Seth Curry is. Yeah. And so my, my whole thing revolves all around DeLon Wright. And can DeLon Wright take that next step forward in his career everything in kind of what we were talking about everything before setting up for Lonzo not in the exact sense of Lonzo going to the Pelicans but DeLon Wright now steps into an amazing opportunity DeLon Wright at what he's 27 years old right he's 27 years old he was this key part of this uh, uh, this really good team in Toronto really key bench uh, bench player rotation piece got to learn from some really good guys good teams then he gets traded to Memphis and it's like hey this is my time to shine I finally get my chance to start and to play big roles he plays 30 minutes a game, has a heck of an end to the season. Yeah. Last month or so of the season, has three triple doubles towards the end of the season. He's playing all over the floor. You get to see his like defensive versatility. Now he goes from that on a crappy team in Memphis, who it's like, hey, garbage time, to now he's going to start for a team that is going to shoot for the playoffs, that has two cornerstones in Luka and KP, that he's going to have shooters around him. He's going to be empowered to be this like starting, quote, point guard. And all the stuff that he does well, that that's that's what they're going to want him to do and provide this starting unit. And his next leap obviously starts with his shot. And if he can get to that 36 to 39% from those catch-and-shoot threes, I think DeLon Wright, I think there's a, a, a good chance that we're looking, we're seeing a Bleacher Report article in January of the best bargain signings of this past summer, mm. and DeLon Wright's on that list. Yes. I'm for it. I'm there. Uh, Zach Lowe called DeLon Wright a mini Patrick Beverly. Is he mini though? I think he's bigger. But like in, in the sense that he's just not as good. <laughs> right? Like a, a poor man's version yeah. of, of Patrick Beverly. Uh, and that would be, I mean, that would be awesome. My guy is Justin Jackson. I think that oh, yeah, that's good, Justin yeah. Jackson, 15th pick in the draft, two years, three drafts ago now. But still super young. He's on his rookie contract still. Uh, he has the tools. I mean, the, the the Kings liked his tools. They love the, the things that he's going to be able to do. And if he can become a 
three and D type oh, here, of player. Here we go. <laughs> if he can become a three and D type of player, or just a guy that fits into the offense, uh, can guard credibly, can you know, can hit a three, can do a couple more things. He had that floater game that we liked last year towards the end of the season. Uh, if he can get into that, imagine him driving with Luca and Porzingis on the wings. I mean, come on, Seth Curry maybe even behind him. Uh, but if he can become a, a credible starting level wing, then it changes this team a little bit because right now we're not sure who that guy is going to be. Could it be Tim Hardaway Jr.? Could it be Dorian? Could it be Justin Jackson? I mean, it just could be so many different guys. If he can become that and and even leap ahead of those other two guys, then it changes the the outcome of this team, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to – okay, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't want to shoot – I had some other names, and that would be like shooting too high. <laughs> okay, is there is there a scenario in which Justin Jackson could be Portland Nick Batum? Hmm. Is that shooting too high? Like the different kind of player, it, but you're talking about the level. But like that type of how Nick Batum fit with Dame and Aldridge and that could he grow into a Nick Batum level? Like if he took that leap, that would be huge. Now you could also look at names like Chris Middleton, uh, Bogdanovich, Boyan. Like those are like higher level. Like, man, if, if Justin Jackson turned into Chris Middleton, that would be massive, you know, for Dallas. But I'm talking like Portland, Nick Batum, which is really good. I mean, he got a heck of a contract for Charlotte because yeah. of what he did in Portland. So if he could turn into that type of man, that would be huge for the team. Uh, massive if he could take that next level. Are you shooting a little bit level lower than that though? Yeah, and Nick Batum is a better playmaker. Nick Batum is a really good passer. He's I think he's a better defender. Otto Porter Jr. Yeah, I just want him to be able to hit a three. Just just can if he the leap for me is shoot forty percent. Kyle Corver, shoot forty percent from three this year. Deep dive, Jason Capono. Like what, <laughs> Steve Novak? I mean, are you shooting for that? Make me or? forget that Doug McDermott was ever a Maverick. Man, I would like Doug. On I know, team. I was thinking about him today. I was watching some Porzingis tape, and he's like kicking out to McDermott, and I was like, God dang. Okay, you would say Doug's better than Justin Jackson right now? At shooting. I don't, okay. know, if, I don't know if he's better at anything else. <laughs> Remember we were super excited about Doug McDermott cutting? Doug McDermott, yeah. really good cutter. I still think, man, he would be good on this team right He'd be now. awesome. He's shooting 50%. They at least got uh, Seth like back, Doug right? McDermott. Like, they had Seth and McDermott at the same time. Yeah. Shooters. Shooters. That'd be your two starters right there, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Neither of those two guys are, are credible enough defensively to start on a playoff team. Like, we're used to starters Ooh. that just can be whatever. <laughs> Duh, Doug, Seth, and Luca. <laughs> I wish you could see Isaac's face when he just said that. <laughs> so there you go. There's a bunch but, of players that need to take a leap. Let us know who you think. Uh, you could throw Maxi in that group too, like Maxi, yeah, Justin. Yeah. You know, if Maxi could take another step forward, and those three guys of Maxi, Justin, and Delon Wright, I think you know both because I don't want to like leave like Brunson's not out of the like young guy group. Yeah, but like Brunson was really good last year, yeah. and. I don't know how much of a huge leap it would be fair for us to expect him to take this year. Or even if he did, how much would that affect the Mavs' bottom line? That's true, yes. 
So I yes, I think big leap from DeLon Wright or Justin Jackson. I think those two more than Maxi. I think one of those two, Justin Jackson or DeLon Wright, taking a, a big leap forward would be huge for Dallas. Man, yeah. and if all three of them can, then this is a different team. Just completely different than we thought. If Ryan Brokoff Like, honestly, if turn- every single one of the Mavericks takes a leap forward, I mean, this is... <laughs> By the time the, the, the uh, media day comes, we'll have talked ourselves into all these guys as, like, all-star candidates. <laughs> Yes, we're gonna have yeah. Oh man, we're gonna have great. I mean, listen, Delon Isaiah, Wright can guard anyone. <laughs> Isaiah Roby is Draymond Green <laughs> right now. Okay, second round pick, just like Draymond. Isaiah Roby is right there. Listen, I understand how this sounds, but Boban, this is his year. Shaq has been mentoring him. He worked out with Akeem Olajuwon over the summer. You know what? We just we handed out so much money to Wes Matthews a few years ago. Josh Reeves is that right now. <laughs> I'm same thing. Can we talk about how Cameron Payne is now a Raptor? Please, let's talk about it. Have fun in Toronto. Have fun, bud. Hey, you. We showcase your talents, and I, I'm super. I'm super happy for him. When we do our award picks, I mean, he could be most improved player next year. My pick for that. Oh, we have to put him in the award show, the Mavs Academy Awards. Oh, Mavs Academy Award. It'd be a third annual next year. That's wild. Third. Rest in peace campaign. We're talking about a year from now, though. <laughs> that's true. That's Hopefully true. they won't be in April. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Hopefully they're in like <laughs> late June. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Early June. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, that's our guys. <laughs> we did a we, freaking we, hour pod. That's dude. our guys. We hope to take a leap. Yes, we did another hour pod. One more pod till I'm on vacation, Isaac. So I got to give them all the content I can until we go. Just squeeze me dry of content. That's true. That's true. There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.